Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Welcome to Indie Music Podcast, episode 245, Inspiration and Practice. Tonight, Matt and Doug get together and talk about inspiration and practice. They discuss healthy and unhealthy mindsets, finding your musical inspiration in many places, and mindsets for practice. Enjoy the show. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning. How's it going? It's going really good. How about you? <laughs> Too early to tell. <laughs> Too early? Yeah. Man, it's I'm like halfway through my day already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, st- I'm still in like sweatpants and sweatshirt here so. oh well same but uh, and i will be the rest of the day probably <laughs> <laughs> i don't know foggy morning here i've just had time to read a couple of chapters of a book and practice some french and come out here set up je ne sais quoi je ne sais quoi <laughs> that's all i know je te dis le français <laughs> all right when i was uh in junior high school i i took a french classes and i liked it we had to take either french or spanish and i was like well, i'll take french yeah and uh, so one of the things that we did is we went to a, a French restaurant and um, and we can, you know, to experience, you know, the French cuisine and stuff like that. Right. I, uh, I ordered uh, fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I just wasn't into it, you know. Yeah. My, my teacher was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you got to like that type of food although you know every time i've gone there it's just you know whatever you want and it's all it's regular food i never had anything that i would call like french food you know yeah. what I mean? it, you know it just wasn't until i i like packed up and moved across the country and lived somewhere else for a long time uh-huh. that i began ex- like especially related to food and different culinary things uh experience more yeah. Uh, you know, because it just was so isolated and, and it's changed since I moved back and, and I've changed too. Sure. But the things that are available now where I'm at, which is where I lived before I moved away, um, this place has evolved as well in that time. So returning here, it was kind of an eye opener. If I just would have stuck it out a little bit longer, it, this place got better, you know? So. <laughs> That's funny. But we have been known in the past, I don't know where we stand right now, but for having more restaurants per capita than anywhere else in the United States. Oh, wow. Yeah, I always felt that way about San Francisco. Uh, there, when, I, when we lived in the city, it was like, how do all these restaurants, and I still like, how, how do all these restaurants stay in business? Who's, who's uh, eating at all these places? There's you know, like every other shop man. is a restaurant. There's so many that fail. It's one of the highest risk businesses oh, you totally. can get in. Oh, Totally. Well, there you have it. That's my topic for the day, <laughs> Languages. You yeah, know, I grew up in Southern California, so it didn't make, I mean, even though I, you know, enjoy the sound and, and pronunciation and, and just the, the lilting way that French rolls off the tongue, um, it didn't make sense to learn anything but Spanish. So I took many years of Spanish in, in uh, San Diego. And, you know, we'd, we'd go to Tijuana all the time and uh, talk in conversational Spanish. And uh, I still do when I go in the Mission District sometimes. And it's just, it's, you know. It's just something that it, it, like, like I said, it doesn't make, it didn't make sense to learn any other language but Spanish yeah. in Southern California. But 
So we had a topic and then you said you didn't want to do the topic and uh, then you wouldn't tell me it. what the new topic was. <laughs> and so now you're going to spring it on me. So I can't yeah, do a transition. I, I that was fun. I was like, I can't do a transition because I don't know what it's going to be. So I just have to let, let it roll. I was just <laughs> wanted to see how perceptive you were and how in tune, you know, and, uh, but have you ever like listened to or watched, you know, um, a great musician? Mm-hmm. and felt like quitting oh, yeah. because they were so good. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I'm, in fact, I stopped watching those, um, you know, this child prodigy videos that people pass around on social media. I watched this 12-year-old shred. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, that's incredible. And what my topic is really kind of inspiration, but then also it's about maybe like unhealthy perceptions Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Come from things that really might ought to be inspiring. Right. And to take a look at that mindset, because I too have had that kind of feeling. And when I think about that, ooh, that was a lip smack. I'm going to have to edit that out. (laughs) Um, When I think about that, I think, well, you know, that is kind of an unhealthy thought for me. And why am I having that? What is the uh, reason why I wouldn't take positive inspiration from something like that 12 year old or whatever. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, wow. You know? Yeah. Good for them. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and what that is, is it's me having some kind of negativity about my path and where I'm at now Mm -hmm. and not feeling good about, you know, my progress or, Or something along that lines where, you know, looking back, I, I could have done more, I should have done more. I um, didn't focus. I, you know, what, what was it? And, and I, I want to get those types of things out of my head in a way. And because I, th- I think those like actually, you know, I think a lot of people like lay their instrument down and walk away from it and quit with yeah. that kind of mentality, which is not anywhere near what I want, you know, um, I just, every time I kind of visualize myself, it's always, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do with all of my stuff when I'm too old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I'm going to play this stuff and continue to practice and try to be better up until that point that I can no longer do it whenever that may be, you know? Yeah. And But I don't really have like a a picture in my head of what I want to be, you know? Right. And maybe some people who are really great do. Maybe, you know, what what's missing? What's keeping us from being great musicians? You know, because we have all the same information they do. Okay. Right. True. So I mean, you can go to school, you can go, you know, there's there's no hidden secrets if you see all this shit on YouTube and everything. You know, six hidden base secrets that <laughs> you know only the pros know and oh, whatever. Yeah. You know, I hate, the, I hate the, those the, clickbait titles. Yeah. They, they bug me. You I know, click on I, them, but they still bug me. <laughs> yeah, but that stuff doesn't exist. You know, I mean, right. those guys have the same music information that's available to anybody else. Well, know? once in a while, there really is a cool secret, like like uh, putting a piece of sponge underneath the the your bass strings at the bridge to kind of mute and deaden the the string yeah. so you get a warmer tone that right, kind right, of thing right. that's a real trick that somebody kind of has to show you you'd never think of that on your own you yeah. know unless you're you know um well i saw i saw one like i forgot my my stand at the gig you know when i in the yeah. last gig but i happened to have a towel that i used to wipe down my fretboard with so 
you take your guitar and you set it up against your amp cabinet, which has a handle on the side of it, mm-hmm. and you run your towel through that through that handle, right. and then put your bass up against the cabinet, and then you tie your bass to your <laughs> to your cabinet. Oh, I okay? like that. They won't and fall then, over then. And it's not going anywhere. And then, it, you know, you yeah. can walk away. You know, so, you know, that's, those are neat things. Sure. But aside from what I'm talking about is more in the playing and performance and, yeah. and just general knowledge, you know, and it's, it's not that these great players, it's not that that 12 year old has anything more than what, what we have available to us. Well, time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, time. Yeah, it's, there's that. And so that's that investment of, of practicing and applying yourself and things like that. But I don't, you know, I, I think there is some aspect of of born with abilities mm-hmm. or, you know, there, there's things like different muscular, you know, or, or skeletal architecture, longer fingers, you know, things like that, that yeah. can make a difference for how someone plays or the ease of what they do or things like that, you know. But I think anybody can compensate and develop their own great style based on their own, you know, body characteristics and things well, like yeah. that. Well, yeah, I mean, there's limitations, right? You know, there's your your innate, you know, your your physicality and there's your innate tendencies for either learning or persevering or, or whatever. But, you know, you look at somebody like Django Reinhardt, who didn't even have all of his fingers and became yeah. one of the most famous guitarists of all time. And, you know, Tony Iommi, who got his fingers chopped off and literally almost gave up his instrument and decided just, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and do this and figure this out and fashion himself fake fingertips and became, well, again, one of the most famous, you know, and genre groundbreaking guitarists of all time. So, yeah. You ever seen that video of the guy with no arms playing with his feet? No, I have not. But Dude. it doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah, he's playing melodic metal with his his toes. <laughs> okay, it's yeah. ridiculously amazing. You know, so the if you get into a mindset of I'm limited by my physical abilities, then go watch a video like that and get over it. Because right. you know that that type of thing. It's uh, that's a whole mindset thing. Is is living in a positive mindset versus a negative mindset. Yeah, I think there might be more to it than that. But I mean, yeah, like another example, Rick Allen, you know, loses his arm yeah. in a in a car accident and continues drumming. They figure out how to fashion, you know, they that was the advent of uh, electronic drums and they got Simmons drums to make him able yeah, to play with his Yeah, he's got all those triggers and, and now yeah. he's got like, you know, I don't know how many, he's he's got so much going on on that drum kit and uh, so many different sounds and triggers and everything. Yeah. It, yeah, I saw an interview with his engineer. That guy's very busy. I'm sure he is. <laughs> oh, too funny. So you said something about laying down your instrument. And yeah, I, I think people do that for multiple reasons. One is that you just don't, you know, life gets busy as you age and you, you, you your priorities change. And you and I, I think that some people lay it down because they just never had a, a like a compelling why. You know what I mean? They didn't have a, a real goal. They didn't have a, they just enjoyed it. And at some point, unfortunately, things that you enjoy start to take a backseat to things that you are obligated to do. And then you forget to do things just for the joy of it. Yeah. I think that's 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 one of the the traps of of becoming an adult is you've 
you start to do things because you feel like you're supposed to or because you have to or because it pays the bills and you forget to do things just for the enjoyment of it which is what kids have in spades you know yeah. everything they do is because they enjoy it and and they get in trouble frequently for just doing the things that they enjoy and we drill that out of, out of kids often and and we forget that that's really one of the most important reasons for being alive is to have fun yeah i think people forget also that inspiration can come from many places and true musical inspiration doesn't necessarily have to come from music also true it can come from your other life experiences and things that you're doing it could be that road trip that you took or it could be uh that visit to the ocean or whatever mm -hmm. and uh and those things brought up emotions and and then you can then recollect on those and and remember those neat things that that gave you that uh, kind of um, what, like, uh, well, it's inspiration, you know, but it was kind of a, I'm so well, it sparked something. It sparked something. In yeah. You, you know? And, but it gave you an emotional inspiration, if you know what right, I mean. Right. Yeah. That's really kind of what I was trying to say. And well, you know, that's exactly a perfect thing to apply to your music is an emotional inspiration. The inspiration we're looking for in other music is to evoke some sort of emotion, right. you know, and to go, oh, that's cool. Or, you know, wow. And you have that wow moment and you go, I want to, I want, if I can't do that whole thing, I want to take pieces that I really like of that and figure them out and make them mine, you know? And, yeah. you know, and so that's what I see. So when, anyway, when I think I'm in a mindset of, oh my God, I'll never be as good as that guy. <laughs> You know, and that's, you know, I just feel like that's a, that's a very negative perception and, and not healthy. It is. And it's a trap. And the more we talk about this and the more I think about this, I'm thinking of stuff that I never really thought of before, which is, you know, I, I think, you know, there's seasons to everything and I'm thinking about, so you're, so you're a kid, right? You're in, you know, grade school, junior high. And you're like, hey, I want to be Eddie Van Halen one day or Sinister Gates one day. And you pick up a guitar because it doesn't you have your life ahead of you. It doesn't occur to you that you can't be that good. It doesn't occur to you that you may grow up to be, you know, the manager of a Starbucks. You know, you're right now you're going to be Eddie Van Halen. And so you practice every day after school for hours until you get so good that people post your watch this 12 year old shred video all over the Internet. When you're older, you're our age. You're like, well. I know I'm not going to be Eddie Van Halen. I never will be because there's only one and he's not here anymore. And he was unique. He is, was inspirational, but he was unique. And I can be who I am, but I need to have a reason because that's how we feel at this age. We're, yeah. We have to have a reason to do something. We have to have a, a why because we can't just do something for the fun of it. And we kind of know our limitations. And I think we get in our heads too much about yeah. where we're going. Instead of being inspired, we go, well, what, what am I trying to accomplish? What is my reason for doing this at all? And it's I a devaluation of your own uniqueness, you know? <laughs> yeah. That, and just like the trap of this has to be for something, this has to have a reason behind it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's the thing is that I have never really had like this really like reason. Mm -hmm. Other than I really love music, yeah, I love listening to music, I love playing music, and I like trying all different kinds of things. I've never been satisfied with my own musicianship, and I'm okay with that. That's kind of what continues to drive me, because I my goal is to be better tomorrow than I am today. Right, and, right. 
but I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what will come of that. I don't have any plans that I'm going, I'm going to be this thing in, in 10 years. I don't have any of that going for me for, for my, my plane, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. It's just something I've never had. I always kind of thought it'd be really fun to play with other musicians and do some live gigging, you know, and, and play once or twice a week. And, and that would be really cool. I kind of see myself doing that in retirement maybe. And, uh, so I guess I'm practicing so that I can be an old guitar player in a jazz club. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> something like that, but, uh, um, just, uh, uh, it, it's more a, it's such a mental challenge on learning music and understanding that. And, and I'm the kind of person that I really like things that I don't understand. Right. Cause and, you're, you're a problem solver and you like to you know, explore and open up new pathways in your brain. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we're both like that in a way. See, the thing is, is that analytical thinking and critical thinking and artistic, you know, musical thinking don't necessarily go well together. Correct. And, and that overthinking gets in the way a lot. And I've had multiple teachers tell me this, that I'm, why are you even considering, why are you worrying about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just play it. You know, right. and, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's always going to be that way. And, you know, whatever, it's, it's a minor third, you know, it's always going to be a minor third. <laughs> it and always has been. Always it always be. has been and whatever, you know, there's, that's not what it was, but, um, but just to take things for face value, don't overanalyze them and uh, get them under your fingers and, and implement and apply and then do the, the next thing and continue to grow. So I guess that's, my challenge has always been to try to not overthink things as I'm uh, as I'm practicing and stuff, and and try to be of a different mindset. And that's what I like is is to try and make myself into a different thinker during mm -hmm. practicing and playing than I am outside of that. that well, that's sense? interesting. So it's almost like music as meditation. Oh, a lot of times, yeah, definitely, and especially depending on what I might be practicing, it could be very meditative where it. Especially if, if I'm working on things that are related to rhythm and, you know, it might just be, I'm, I'm going to work on whole notes mm -hmm. and, you know, so boom, two, three, <laughs> four, boom, two, three. Yeah. So that you know is meditative because you're forced to slow and down. Just and just spend 15 minutes, you know, doing some whole notes and some half notes and kind of building up quarter notes. And <laughs> then that intensity kind of grows in that. You know, but it's really relaxing and, and to just kind of, you know, work on what that feels like. Yeah. And I think the trick to that is to sit, to be able to, to find a place in your head where you can do that and not go, boom, I should really be doing some laundry right now. <laughs> boom, I forgot to do the dishes. Yeah. Boom, car needs gas. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I guess I'm really, that doesn't happen to me. Yeah. I get into the studio and just the act of coming into the studio, everything just is all about being here. Yeah. Well, that's nice. It's like when you, when we come into this podcast and you know how, when you put your headphones on. Yeah. It's like, there's a mindset change. Right. It's We're true. In podcast mode. It's true. You know? Nothing else exists except for whatever's landing on my roof right now. Yeah. <laughs> Crows. <laughs> Blue Jays. Well, it's so foggy. I think it's just the tree dripping. Oh. Uh -huh. Yeah, I never, I never, I got to explain this because this is a funny thing. I tell people when they come to San Francisco for the first time, 
You know how everywhere else it rains and the trees keep the area around underneath the tree dry and everything else is wet. In San Francisco, it gets so foggy that the trees drip and rain underneath the tree. And so everything else is dry and then underneath the tree is wet. It's a very (laughs) weird thing. (laughs) That's a total tangent. But um, you mentioned something which I thought was funny. I'm talking about seasons of life. And, you know, when you're you're young and you're learning an instrument for the first time, I think, you know, shedding, which is short for wood shedding, sitting in your room, practicing for hours is, is a great way to level up. But I think in our season, playing with other people is probably the quickest way to get better and level up. What do you think about that? Oh, I definitely do. And it's really hard these days, but the opportunities that we have with technology and meeting like we are to uh, interact with other people and do that kind of thing, even if it's not real time, uh, but close to real time. It can be close to real time. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is pretty neat. And with tools like listen to and, and stuff like that, where you Mm -hmm. can, record remote sessions well you can there because you get synchronized so you're both hearing each other at the same time even though there's latency so you can actually you could actually use that as a a, a tool to rehearse if yeah. you wanted yeah i was just thinking the the first thing that popped into my head was duetting a tiktok you know, oh yeah people people will do it on purpose like i, fo- I follow a, a, a drummer out of la who's in the band High Priestess. And she's always like, in her practice rudiment, she's like, here, duet this. And she'll just like lay down a groove and then people will like come in and, and duet her TikTok with uh, bass and guitar and stuff. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's like a, it's almost like a, I don't know, it's a collaboration, but it's, um, you know, it's kind of random and uh, un, un, unrehearsed, un, un, I don't know. It's, uh, I'm sure there's a word for what I'm trying to say, but um you know what I mean? It's unexpected. You you didn't plan it with somebody. You don't even know the person, and suddenly they're just playing yeah. with you. I virtually. wonder if you could do a like a mastering session. So you know, <laughs> so I've got this track, and I go through, and let's say, uh, you know, so I'm playing the track on TikTok, and uh, I apply some back CQ to it, and right. I say, and I'm like, all right, do at this, and so the next mastering engineer takes that, and then he applies some compression to it. <laughs> and then the next guy comes on and he does some additional finishing EQ on it. You know what I mean? That, yeah, I don't know how you would What do you think, that. man? You think you could... <laughs> I don't, uh, how would you do that? Because you don't have the audio. Oh, you're you just, know. You're just, just like, doing side-by-side videos. You just continue to like recycle the audio until the sound quality is so shitty that <laughs> you don't know until why. It's you... just a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So anyway, that's what was on my mind. Well, that's all very, that's all interesting stuff about the, and I, I still don't think we've touched on why you would watch a video. And I know I've done this myself, why you'd watch a video and go, oh, okay, I quit. <laughs> that's, that, that guy's too good. I'll never be that good. So yeah. I may just as well stop right now, which is a bunch of BS because you don't know how long that person practiced, how many hours they put in to get to that point and what their ultimate goal is. I yeah. think it's, um it's a little bit of insecurity and it's a little bit of, assumption assuming that your goals are aligned which they're definitely not going to be aligned i mean yeah. you're in a certain place in your in your practice routine and your in your learning curve and they're at a different place on their learning curve they're on a different trajectory with different goals and comparing yourself to them is really comparing apples to oranges yeah their uh, their path is different than your path you yeah. know um, yeah yeah and you know your path is your path and to think in that way where you know to watch or hear um, someone else's art and then quit your own right 
because of that, that's a dysfunctional thing, man. Yeah, totally. And. But we've all done it. I think, well, we haven't all quit. No, we haven't all quit, but we've all looked at somebody and go, I'll never be uh, that good. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you kind of go And you back. might be right. You might be right. You never will be that good if you don't have the same reason for being that good as that person. Right. You'll never practice that hard. And and then there's the objective okay. word good. What is that? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it's, it, I think a more appropriate thing is I'll never be that guy. That's a good way to put it. I'll never be that guy. And I don't want to be, that's not yeah. what I, that's not my goal. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather play like, you know, David Gilmore than Sinister Gates. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, and what is it? And and you'll never be David Gilmore, but David no. Gilmore's got some cool licks and you can certainly grab hold of some of those and work on them and then start incorporating those into your own thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then that's what it's all about, you know, taking those little inspirations from different places and uh, and building your own, you know, as part of your path. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and, you know, there's somebody out there that's probably inspired by your plane. You just don't know it. <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> and I may never know it. But I was thinking it just popped into my head because um, you don't know how long it takes to learn this stuff. When all you see is the end product, you can't skip to the finish line. And yeah. when it's, we're talking about, you know, muscle memory and, and dexterity and focus, there's there's no shortcuts. And I was watching, it was before TikTok, it was somebody charting their 100-day progress to learning sweet picking. And they, I mean, this takes courage uh, to, to document your missteps, to document you sucking until you get good at something. Yeah. And it was like day one, can't do anything. Day two, same <laughs> as day one. Like day 30, barely better. Day yeah. 100, sounds like John Petrucci. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> if you do it every single day from day one to day two, you can't tell the progress from day yeah. one to what, day 100. It's night and day. And isn't, so, isn't that yeah. inspiring? I mean, that, I think I, it that's is. awesome. You know, and even if the guy wasn't John Petrucci at the 100-day mark, right? if he was simply had put the work in and, you know, was able to do a sweep at 80 BPM, right? that's awesome. You know? Super awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's totally something that he was unable to do before. And now, and now he can. And yeah. now it's just, just another tool in his tool belt and he can move on to the next thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, that I, was I mean, inspirational to me was watching the sausage get made. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you didn't just go from buying a new guitar to learning how to sweep pick. You put in work oh, day, 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 day. And then yeah. finally it's, it clicks, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm I'm doing a, a working on a bass groove right now. And uh, it's part of one of my lessons. And and I was feeling real good. You know, I started out and, and just working on it. And actually, like about 60 BPM, just to really, really slow to try and work through it. And then, you know, got up to 80, you know, got up to 100. You know, I'm at like 140 on it right now. Okay. Oh, wow. And I was like, cool. And so I went to the next lesson, which is building upon this one. And the band is playing it at 185 in the next lesson. And <laughs> I'm not there yet, you know? Right. right. <laughs> so, I, so I've been on this groove for like four days now and and i've got more work to do just on this groove you know some people could probably pick it up and and have it in a few hours you know yeah yeah other people may take much longer than myself um i don't know uh what's the average it doesn't matter but uh <laughs> you know no, so for for what it is for me you know is 
I'm going to invest a week of some of my practice time in working on this and continue to work with the metronome and build it up. I'm, I'm shooting. I'm going to make that 185. I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to playing that with a band because at that speed, it sounds freaking great, you know? And uh, right. Because uh, the grooves and the things that you do when you play them so slowly, when you're building, you're working them up, you know, they don't have that same feel as when you get them up to speed and then it mm-hmm. kind of comes together, you know, but, but yeah, that's what, you know, it's, it's just, and I think all these little things are just learning slowly and allowing it to happen and work, and letting yourself build up because there's so many different things. There's the, there's the knowledge part of it. There's the physical um, dexterity and muscle memory kind of thing that goes on with these. Right. And you cannot rush muscle memory. No. That's something that takes repetition and repetition and repetition. <laughs> yeah. And and for me, I, it's just been starting very, very slow and getting it really tight at a very slow speed, you know, and and then increasing the speed and then, you know, to the point where it it, it breaks up and falls apart. And then back it off just a little bit and work at it at the at the point where it's at the threshold, you know, and keep finding that threshold and then push it. And that's been working really well. You know, that's a really good point because I think a lot of people's mistake is to try to practice something at full speed. And when you practice at full speed, then you practice it sloppy because you you don't know you don't know it. And what you're teaching yourself is to play it sloppy. And it's really hard to to take the mistakes out after the fact and get faster and, and cleaner. And it's much better to play slower, cleaner, and work up the speed as your fingers learn the the notes and the positioning. And yeah. to increase the speed until you play it clean fast rather than play it sloppy fast and try to clean it up. Yeah, the coordination between your hands and, you know, your brain and interaction, interacting, you know, with the... Uh, with like the metronome or the, or the track or whatever it is that you're working with, you know, use the tools. We can slow this stuff down, use a metronome and work, uh, you know, work at speeds where you're not falling apart until you have them down and then increase. And then, and, you know, find that point where it's breaking and then back it off and then work back up to that point. Cause then, you know what? And the, the cool thing is, is that that doesn't take too long. I mean, you can in one lesson, you know, or rather in one practice session, start off and warming up and things like that, and then increase your speed. And, and let's say you started off something at 80 and uh, and you worked on it for 30 minutes or something like that, and you're good and warmed up and you start increasing the speed and you're like, oh, wow, okay, so I'm, uh, I can play this at 90, you know, and then you you try it 100 and, and it breaks up a little bit. So you back off to 95 and you work on it for another 20 minutes. And then the next thing, if you're, if you're not too fatigued... <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're playing at 100. You may or may not get that much of a increase in, in speed of whatever it is that you're working on. And it's not really that speed is the um, goal here. The, the goal right, is right. to play it at speed for whatever's expected for the song, you know. Right. And, um, and in some songs, that you know, if that medium jazz swing is going to be like 70 or 80, you know, so those are different. But um, for this thing that I'm working on, it's it's like a, a funk fingerstyle groove. And... It's very fast. <laughs> yeah. So, and if you don't, you know, 185. 185 is fast. It's fast, man. <laughs> yeah, it's fast. Yeah, it's the sprint. So you know what What uh, I, I know you didn't mention, but sometimes and maybe all the time, maybe often, um, when you stretch your limits and then take a break, like, like leave a day off and then come back, suddenly you can play a little better 
than if you had practiced all the way through. Because yeah. there's that recovery where in all exercise, um, you have to push your limit and then have a recovery period and then come back. And in that recovery period, your muscles have uh, trained themselves to grow back and to r- recover to do that thing better. Yeah. You know I, I mean? usually notice that overnight. Yeah. Like, like you work something to the point of, or I do, uh, to, to fatigue. And I'm like, okay, I'm really done here. You know? And, yeah. Um, uh, when it's your hands tired, you, you're physically sure, sure. done. And, uh, <laughs> but then to go rest, you know, and then I come back in the next morning and, uh, I start working on that again and it's better than it was when I, you know, yeah. than the day before. And yeah, yeah. isn't that, that drives me, man. Oh, <laughs> when you are better today than you were yesterday is something that you're working on. Oh, totally. Oh, I'm, I'm in man. You know, that's the kind of stuff that that's really what. That's all I want out of this. I just want to be better tomorrow at what I'm working on than I am today. Yeah. And, and it's whatever. nice that you recognize it because sometimes you can be working and not feel like you're getting better. Yeah. There's always that soggy middle of any project of any type where you feel like there's that plateau. You know, in Taekwondo, we called it the green belt blues. You, you're progressing, uh, but you yeah. can't see it. You can't feel it. You're like, this feels the same and I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Yeah. And that's when people get discouraged. And it's really that plateau and you're, you're, on your way to the next level up, but you don't know it yet. Yeah. And I think that's a, really a good case for uh, work on small chunks. Mm, and, yeah. you know, because uh, if you're trying to take too big a bite, you're, you won't have the successes for continued motivation as if you're working on smaller bites. So if, if you've got a groove that's got like three different like chunks to it, you know, then yeah. work, work on that in three different types of sessions and work on them individually and then start bringing them together, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, chunking things is a great way to to get progress going. Yeah. So anyway, it's kind of about practice, I guess. Mentality mm-hmm. and practice and um and your kind of mental approach to uh to music in your life and playing, you know. Yeah, and and re- reminding yourself to get inspired by things and not discouraged by things. Like yeah. you have you're on a different path than whatever it is that's discouraging you and and you're at a different point in your in your uh, learning art. And that's okay. Just recognize that and say, well, do I want to, do I want to play like that? Then I'll start today learning to play like that. If I don't want to play like that, well, then I'll just admire it for what it is and move on to something else. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you're like, oh, that's not actually as cool as I thought it was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) I'll never use that. I'll never use that. It's just a bunch of notes. It's just a bunch of fast notes. What am I going to do with that? Nothing. (laughs) Uh well, that was a that was a good topic. <laughs> yeah, so that uh, that's what I had. That's I, I enjoyed exploring uh, the thought process of that. <laughs> and now, and now, now I don't have anything I, else, man. <laughs> well, I'm inspired. I'm actually inspired to to carve out some guitar practice time. Oh, and, do it uh, and make a and make a plan. I haven't had a plan for a while, but I feel like I I feel inspired to start learning something. Again. Yeah, I think that's a, like like every day I spend a little bit of time going, what am I going to work on next, mm-hmm. or or look further into what I'm currently working on, you know? Yeah. Whenever you're coming to the end, whenever you're starting to reach your goal, I suggest thinking about what the next thing you want to do is. And don't get into it completely yet until you finish what you're currently working on, but start, right. but then start thinking about where's what I'm working on now leading. What's the next thing I want to do? Maybe it's another part of that song. Maybe you're just working on, you know, one part of it and you're ready to move on and transition into um, you know, the next part of that song, whatever it may be. 
Yeah, it's funny that you say that because that's something I've actually been thinking a lot about lately is uh, um, whenever I set myself a goal and I feel like my goals are too small because I reach them and then I'm like, oh, <laughs> wait, what's my next goal? Yeah. <laughs> like I reached that and I didn't have a plan. I didn't have, I thought it would take me longer. I thought it would, I thought uh, it would be obvious what's next and it's not <laughs> always obvious what's next. <laughs> like, okay, I need to, I'm looking forward to my year end review where I sit back and okay, what did I do this year? What am I doing next year? What are my goals? Um, but yeah, for practice and stuff, it's very important to go, okay, what do I want to work, what do I want to work on next? Yeah. And, and then stick with it. it. Yeah. And stick yeah. with it. And if it doesn't turn out like, it's like, you know, actually not digging it or whatever. It's not, not feeling like it's really the direction I wanted to go. It's okay to change, you know? Yeah, totally. Just figure out. You can always say no backtrack and I'm going to go work on that thing I did before. Cause I just want to make sure I didn't lose anything. And then while I'm, right. you know, rehash some stuff I've worked on in the past, it's always good to do that too. Oh yeah. There's stuff I worked on a few weeks ago that I actually don't remember now. And I forget stuff all the time. So I would actually have to go back and review the, um, the charts I was working on and, and stuff like that and, and listen to the backing track and things again to remember, because I can't just sit down right now and play that thing that I was, that I had mastered three weeks ago. I now don't remember any of it, you know? And, yeah, totally. You and gotta, it's not that um, I can't still play it. It's just that I don't remember it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's important. I think when you're, you're building a house, but you got to remember to maintain the foundation, right? Yeah. It's important to go back and, and revisit foundational stuff, no matter what your, what your craft is. Yeah. And what that tells me is I didn't incorporate that into something of my own. Mm. And uh, so I didn't use it in any way. Cause if I would have used it, if I would have incorporated it in some way into what I'm doing, then I would remember at least that portion that I implemented in my own stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and since I didn't, inter- I didn't really internalize it. So I want to go back and, and take a look at that type of thing again. Setting aside some time for review, I think is good too. Yeah, that's a good point. Cool. Well, there you have it. I have there no idea what it. I'm going to title this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Um, inspiration. And practice, I guess. Inspiration and practice, so simple. <laughs> Going with it. <laughs> Going with it. Sold. <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you. Yeah, I hope you found this one valuable. I, I actually I really enjoyed this uh, this discussion this morning. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, I enjoy it as I enjoy all of our discussions. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to garbage can our <laughs> planned topic. <laughs> we may come back to that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, listeners. They're like, what, what, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You may never know. You may never know, and it's okay. But keep listening, because you may. <laughs> <laughs> Teaser. <laughs> all right. Well, have a good day. Have a good week. All right. Uh, cheers, everybody. Go get some practice in. Do it. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> See you later. Well, that was fun. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Indie Music Podcast. Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating. <laughs>